Welcome back to the PeaceWorks podcast, everyone. At the time of this recording, uh, we've had to back up and punt a little bit on some things here at PeaceWorks. Some of you may be aware that uh, at this time, I have suffered a bit of an injury to my voice. And so we're following doctor's orders and uh, maintaining a, a bit of voice rest. And so I'm cutting back on some of my teaching and speaking and preaching and uh, adjusting some of the podcast schedule to give my voice a chance to recover. Uh, so today you're going to be hearing some pre-recorded content. It actually comes from our Men of Peace online material. Uh, this is a lesson from a few years ago that I use in Men of Peace. And so you'll get kind of an inside track on how we talk uh, with men in the program about the idea of desires and intents. So this would be uh, just one session out of module three. So each module has you know five to six uh, videos, and this would be just one of those. So it'll be about 11 minutes, 10 minutes or so. But I thought you as the podcast listener would find it beneficial. So Thank you for joining us. If you think about us, uh, be, be praying for me in particular as I rest and recover my voice. And uh, yeah, enjoy uh, this snippet from Men of Peace. Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. I remember having a conversation with a guy once who he continued to ask the, the same question. There was a real desperation in his voice and and I do believe he was sincere, but he kept asking, why, why, why do I do these things? I just can't figure out why I continue to harm my wife. We had unpacked very similar to the conversations that we've had, the behaviors in which uh, had driven him to, um, to seek help. We had unpacked the impact that it had had on his partner. We had even come to the place where he had acknowledged that yes, he was abusive, that he was taking responsibility for the behavior that he committed. But the question that continued to come up was why? The unfortunate part though, guys, was no matter how often uh, I told him or how many different ways we looked at the reason why, the underlying cause of his abuse, he was unwilling to accept it. And I believe that's what kept him from moving toward repentance uh, and ultimately transformation. You see, he wanted um, to blame a substance. Couldn't it be the drugs? Or perhaps he, he wanted to blame his past. Well, my dad was like this. There was always an underlying excuse. It, it couldn't be. It couldn't be that I had made a wicked choice. I think it's important in our discussion and in our process and interaction together that we really come to the conclusion that we do what we do because we want what we want. And we want what we want because we think what we think. If we're going to experience transformation, it, 
it has to occur in conjunction with owning not just the choices that you've made, the impact that it's caused, but also the desires of your heart. You see, this gentleman from my story, he did not want to acknowledge that within him was a desire to control his partner, to get what he wanted, to remain entitled. In fact, as we pulled the rope and pressed into his story and into his life, he rejected the notion that he needed to change at the level of the heart. That if he could just simply find something to blame it on, then he could uh, be treated. That was a big issue was, well, if I could just find what the issue is, there's certainly a pill for it, right? But I've come to the conclusion, and I hope that you're coming to that conclusion too. There's no pill. There's no elixir. There's no magic bullet. There is, however, hope. And that's the thing that these excuses can never offer us. You see, if we're sinners, we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. If we've been participating in sinful behavior, we have an alternative. It's called sanctification. Now, the process that we're going to suggest is not easy. It's not simple. It's not take two of these and call me in the morning. It is a life choice. It's a remainder of your life decision. It is transformative. That's the whole point of our discussions. But in order for that to happen, we have to put the blame where it belongs. We have to dig down to the root of the problem. And we have to acknowledge that there is something within our desires that have led us to this place. You know, James chapter four puts it this way. James talking to the church says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? James identifies some level of conflict within the church. And I think if it's true of conflict, right, it's also true of destructive and abusive behavior. And he says, here's where the quarrelsome attitude, here's where the fighting comes from. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have. So in other words, you want something, but you don't get it. So you kill, you covet, you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. James has this interesting take on conflict that I want to, in our time today, extrapolate over to abuse. Okay, so abuse is much more significant than conflict. And so I think the, the principle is true here as well. You want something, but you can't get it. We talk about escalation in domestic abuse work, okay? So I just want you to, to think through with me the process of escalation within an abusive relationship. It, it goes something like this. One partner who's using power to control, that would be the abuser, right? Is making demands of the abuse, the victim. And in this, if he gets what he wants, um, then the conflict ends. He would see that as peace, although the impact is still affecting the victim. Now, what happens when she resists? So let's use a, one example. Let's say the abuser has been guilt tripping, right? Using isolation. I don't want you to see your mother. You're, you're just talking too much to your mom. We're supposed to spend time together. And he lays on the guilt trip and for a time she complies, but it's not good enough because there's still this tension of her talking to his mom, her mom, excuse me. So he escalates, right? And now from simple 
requests and manipulation, he escalates, because he's not getting exactly what he wants, to mild threats, right? To pouting, to guilt tripping. And um, she resists. Let's say she complies for a while, but if she eventually resists, maybe sneaks to see her mom, maybe, you know, doesn't quite comply, maybe has an end round through some kind of online technology. And then what happens? Then there's direct threats, right? He escalates again. He doesn't get what he wants, so he escalates. Now, you can see the pattern, right? If she continues to resist, he'll continue to escalate. And the end result is, because he's bigger, faster, stronger, in a position of power and authority, more than likely, he's going to win. Of course, the ultimate outcome is if it escalates to its ultimate end, then she's injured or dead. Now, let's pull back and apply this to your life. What is it that you want so desperately that you're willing to sin to get it? Could it be a good thing that's been warped or twisted? Or is it something that needs to be abandoned rather than restructured? You see, James says we don't have because we don't ask God. There's a lack of trust in our desires. And he says, when you do ask, you don't get it because you ask with wrong motives, that you can spend it on your own pleasure. He then calls a spade, spade, as the old saying goes. He says, you adulterous people. In other words, you're serving, right? You're serving yourself and your own lusts rather than God. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. This is so vital to the discussion that we've had because we've, we've been contrasting and will continue to contrast the kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of God, the philosophy of power versus the theology of peace. And this all comes back to what's happening in our hearts. So really, at the end of the day, what's James getting at? It's like I said earlier, we do what we do because we want what we want. And we want what we want because we think what we think. At the bottom of all of these desires is normally pride. We feel entitled. We deserve something. Rather than putting ourselves in proper perspective, a place of surrender, we put ourselves in a place of superiority. Or we might not see it. We may feel wronged. And it might you know, draw out some of the fears and some of the insecurities. But guys, I'm sure I'm going to assure you, and I think this is a healthy discussion for you to have. When you think about all the list of behaviors we created, right? All the things that you've acknowledged from those big rocks all the way to those specific tactics. When you recognize the impact of your abuse, the way it's affecting your partner, the next step, the one that I think can have uh, the most dramatic impact on you personally is to ask yourself the question, when I did this, when I caused this, what was it that I wanted? Usually, it's some aspect of control. Now, I'm not going to suggest that you woke up in the morning and thought, I really can't wait to control my wife. Most of us are not that thoughtful. But I do believe that intimate partner violence, that domestic abuse, at its very core, has this idea of control. I want things to work out my way. I don't want to be challenged or critiqued. I don't want to be exposed. 
I just want blank. And if that, whatever fills in the blank, right guys, if that's more important than your life or your integrity or your commitment to peace, then you will do whatever it takes to get it. So the question for us, and, and something I think we're going to work through a little bit uh, in our workbook section, in our work, our uh, worksheet section, is we really have to consider what is it that I'm willing to sin to get or willing to sin if I don't get it? My hope is we're going to be able to identify some of those motives, those underlying desires that are really producing this behavior that is leading to this impact. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of content from our Men of Peace uh, online program. If you're interested in learning more about Men of Peace, you can go to menofpeace.org. Menofpeace.org. Our, intent, our intention is to relaunch that program at the end of October. And so, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. Read the frequently asked questions. And if you're an individual, a man who is wanting to turn from abusive behavior uh, to righteousness through the power of the gospel. You know, consider signing up. Consider being a part of Men of Peace. Thank you guys for listening. God bless.